Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. This is me, Lavi Alva, and I am an extreme extrovert. So today in rehab, this is the last week now, and I was able to share my life story. And I am going to share a little bit of my life story with you. So, um... I started drinking when I was around 10 years old. And there were, when I was younger, I didn't realize this now, because um, when you're young, you have a different perspective of life. I loved travel. I've always liked traveling. Um, My family and I would travel a lot, mostly with my father. I would travel with him and... um, We'd often go to road trips, go on the plane. Um, Cancun was our vacation spot, and we spent a lot of time together. Uh, me, my father, and my sister kind of, uh, you know, bonding over that, like, love for travel. And also, when I was younger, I experienced... A time of great, great depression. I remember I wrote in notebooks and I um, would write out <clears throat> these very negative feelings that I had about myself. And my parents at the time, they were not knowledgeable or really aware of the importance of mental health maintenance. And... This is why when I go and continue my journey as a sober person, I really want to emphasize um, the importance of learning. I want to continue to learn about addictions and people that go through them. Uh, I want to learn more about mental health. Because now that I am learning about mental health and how important it is to maintain, it really puts into perspective when I went back and wrote my life story for my rehab group um, to why my addiction kind of spiraled out of control. Maybe even perhaps to why it became an addiction. There is no cure for addictions right now. Um, If there were, I'm sure that they would have created something by now. But I definitely almost have a theory, and I'm sure people would agree with me, that there are some things that can be done to prevent <coughs> falling into coping neck and... Me- blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. I've been talking all morning. <laughs> be patient with me, okay? Um, there are ways that you can educate young people to cope with stress in healthier ways. Um, And when I was a young person, when I was 10 years old, I did not know what they were. I was not aware of those coping mechanisms that I am aware of now. And so, you know, drinking, um, um, self-harm, all those kind of things, and even more riskier behaviors, you know, Not me in particular, but maybe some people steal. You know, people um, do illegal drugs. Stuff like that. And 
They're all symptoms. They're all symptoms of something else. That's how I truly believe it. Um, anyway. So, um, yeah, my parents would have a little bit of alcohol in their cupboard. And, um, there was, we had a computer room. You know those, like, old Macintosh computers? (laughs) Remember those, like, where you play the Oregon Trail, it's, like, pixel, like, pixiated or whatever the fuck they call it it's like little squares it's like and i remember like when you used to go on the oregon trail it would be like you got bit by a snake and then you'd be like shit one of the people on my wagon died anyway yeah we used to play games like that in the computer room and uh there was sangria and some rompope and some Maybe something else. I don't really remember. It was so long time ago. And me and my sister would have a few sips. Every once in a while. And um, that was just a spark of curiosity. I didn't realize it at the time. But it kind of made me feel light. It kind of altered the sadness. And kind of altered the state that I was in. When I was physically being abused. So it. I didn't realize this at the time, but it was almost a way for me to kind of peek that, like, little hinder of, like, not only rebellion, but, like, you know, this is maybe even a little bit of a relief, an altering state to your physical state. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, so, that, you know, that was a thing, and then I went to middle school, and, um, then I started to really realize that my um, childhood life was not ideal. You know, a lot of my friends would say like, oh, at home we do this or blah, blah, blah. And my home life was very structured, very, very physically structured. A lot of like timely chores, which everyone has chores. But usually when someone doesn't follow through with a chore at a specific time, you know, they usually don't get the shit beat out of them, right? <clears throat> I would hope that doesn't happen to everybody. And there's there's a form, a different conversation that we can have at a different time, but there's levels of discipline, and then there's levels of physical, like, legitimate abuse. And this was... What was happening to me in my young life was um, not normal discipline. And so I started to go um, and engage in after-school activities. School is my safe haven. It's still my safe haven. I absolutely love learning. If I could be a full-time student all day, every day for the rest of my life, minus those tests. Oh, my God. Minus the tests. I genuinely like writing essays, and I like um, learning. And, you know, in middle school, I kind of did the same thing. I learned, I studied, I loved sports, I liked band, I liked theater, I liked trying everything. Anything that I could even try, I tried. I tried dance line, um, doing the props for the plays, anything. Anything that would keep me kind of at school and with other people and with friends. And I kind of really bonded with a group of friends, um, That one girl would bring a bottle of vodka to school. And I 
it it just became a normal thing for me became very normalized to do i was like you know what if you're not feeling good or if you just want to have fun drink uh, you know if you're feeling sad if you're feeling mad drink if you're feeling stressed drink it's just how it became and when my life started to get a little bit more complicated um in regards to um you know my school finding out about the abuse that i was enduring we it was my mom my sister and I, we started living, um, just us. And it was going well for a little while. It was going okay. Um, in regards to drinking, I still drink. My, my mom was not a drinker, but a lot of the people that she would date, or like, you know, people that we knew, drank. So... Like, there would always be, like, at least one little bottle in the fridge for the guests. And I would sneak sips. You know, it was my thing. Um, I wanted to be rebellious and, you know, go to friends' houses and drink and, you know, maybe engage in some marijuana. Stuff like that. It was... It was when I was young. And I just really, really wanted to feel feel light and good and happy. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I kind of have a little bit of allergies. I had to open my windows today because um, we had to fix our apartment and the, the allergies are really... So if you hear me like... <clears throat> that's probably why, because those damn allergies are getting in the window. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway, okay. So yeah, that I continue drinking still. And... Even through college, I continued drinking. And um, I just remember I I started to have this association with alcohol. Uh, One of the youngest memories that I remember, the first time I actually drank, 2002. I was in Cancun with my sister and my dad. And my dad was off, um, you know, getting a job. And... It was interesting because I saw a group of girls and these girls were college. Like, I'm pretty sure they were in college and they looked so happy. And at this point in my life, I was not happy. I was so depressed. I, like, was hurting myself. Um, You know, I was just didn't feel any self-esteem whatsoever. And seeing these people so happy, they had tons of friends, drinks in their hands, you know, traveling because they could, they didn't have their parents to, I, you know, discipline them, tell them what to do. And I just felt like this is the life that I'm going to live. This is the life that I am making for myself. This is what I want. This is the life that I am going to have. And to be honest, it was the life. I did make that life for myself. I drank. I made friends, I've traveled, I've traveled the world, and it almost, I don't know, it, it's interesting, because I got what I wanted, but, um, now that my life does not contain such highly stressful elements, such as abuse, 
Um, there, there's very little reason to escape. And <clears throat> when I realized here, going through rehab, that when I would ingest alcohol, my body almost thought that something was wrong. Because all of my life, I have ingested alcohol because I was scared. I was physically hurt. I was in pain. And now that my life consists of normal, quotation mark, regular people stressors, such as my car won't start, um, you know, I lost my keys, I am late for work, my loved one and I had a fight, but the fight was verbal, and they didn't put you down, they didn't hit you. Like, when your life contains, I guess, regular day struggles, drinking, when I would drink, my body would get in a mode where it was like, okay, I, I'm ingesting this substance. Who's abusing me? Who's hurting you? And in reality... No one was hurting me, but I was hurting me. I was reflecting the pain on myself. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that I was teasing my brain. When I would drink, I would my brain would be like, "What are you, what are you trying to hide? Like, what are we trying to be safe from?" And the most miraculous thing about an addiction and using a substance as a coping mechanism is if I can devote myself, which I did, I devoted myself to drink and to ease my discomforts. By spending money I didn't have. Putting time out of my schedule that I maybe didn't have. To maintain this addiction. I did. And if I can do that. For ten years. Who says that I can't make a sober life a habit? Being sober is within my abilities. Before, I didn't think they were. Before, I thought, oh God, this is horrible. This is, this is impossible. I thought it was out of my reach. I thought that because my parents had abandoned me and I was homeless, I believed that I deserved the small treatment. 
at one time I just I thought I did in my brain I thought that you know life is hard but it's because something's wrong with me and in reality there's nothing wrong you're only human being an addict is human you're not a monster and to realize that it's in my capability it's in my power to wake up and be thankful to be sober it might be hard now but if i be- if i make it a habit it will become easier when we were in cancun and i had my first drink after seeing those you know those college kids and making a a vow to myself that that was the life that i would make for myself a prestigious drunk happy life my father did find out because i me and my sister started drinking there on the beach and um when my father found out that i was drinking and that i was hiding the glasses in the elevator so that he would not see how much i was drinking because i didn't want them in his room because i knew that he would know if i was drinking but when he found out he got very mad he got very mad and he mocked me he physically disciplined me in front of the bar that we were at and i remember exactly what he had said to me he said you are an alcoholic and i remember at the time feeling ultimate shame I remember it feeling as if someone had taken a pin and shoved the pin into my skin and there was a label. And I remember for the rest of the vacation he would speak, you know, highly of people that he had met during his vacation. and when it was time to introduce me he would he would snicker at me and he would say oh yeah and then there's the alcoholic it hurt it hurt and that shame that i had felt that shame was toxic i held it on to myself it validated the actions that i had made they don't it doesn't validate it but for me it did I held that shame in and I would hide 
my drinking habits. I would drink by myself. Because I knew that other people would look at me and be like, yep, she's an alcoholic. I, I felt like a monster. I felt like a demon. Like something was wrong with me. And now, I just remember like the first time I entered rehab and just saying the words alcoholic, like coming out of my mouth, I am an alcoholic. Like I remember like the first time even trying to form that sentence and I just bawled my eyes out. I cried and cried and cried. I felt so much shame. But you know what? I'm graduating rehab this week. And I do not feel shame. I do not feel shame. Because alcohol worked for me at one point in my life. It did. It helped me live through physical abuse. It helped me live through 17 years of emotional torment. It helped me survive through the loss of my father when I could no longer see him. And homelessness. Is it the best coping mechanism? I never said that. I <laughs> never said that. But at the time in my life, it worked. And I'm not ashamed. I'm not going to drill that. Drill. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> you know how you try to say something and it sounds better in your head. And then sometimes you say it out loud and you're like, yep, that shit made no sense. <laughs> I'm just not going to dwell on that um that moment. You know, like I'm I just I feel at this moment in my life after sharing my life story and talking through the struggles with therapists, with other people that have gone through addiction and just all the wonderful women. I can't name them because of confidentiality, but if I could, I would I would thank every single woman in my program. I would thank every single woman that listened to me, listened to my everyday struggles. I thank them for being strong and showing me how important it is to show up, to try. You know, some people have children some people have partners some people have struggles some people have good things going on some people have engagements some people have birthdays some people have funerals and to every day just show up and support other people that have addictions and share their stories and share their enlightenments I I can't thank them enough 
and I really, really appreciate the people that took time to push me. I always like challenges. I really do. And life in itself is a a big adventure. And this is one adventure that I am willing to start. The, the adventure through sobriety is one challenge that I'm not scared to start. I've tried a lot of things in my life, but this one I'm not scared. I don't care how treacherous it is. I don't care how hard it seems. Sobriety is not a challenge that I'm not willing to take. And I know sometimes we have to be reminded of our our abilities. You know, sometimes it's so taboo to be like, oh, you know, don't be cocky. You know, don't be too confident. Well, no, duh. Like, don't be so confident and cocky that it, like, you overshadow others. You know, and treat them ill. But you can feel proud for yourself. And you can show pride. And I'm proud of myself for being sober. I have pride for my lifestyle. Does that mean I spit down on other people that don't engage in my lifestyle? No. You know, that doesn't mean I can't befriend people that, you know, still use and stuff. I don't put them down. People have their own ways. And not everyone is has an addiction. I think sometimes when we talk about like substances and the use of substances, like it's easy to think like, oh, alcohol is bad. Drugs are bad. Well, everything is good and bad. You know, alcohol just doesn't work for me. It it was something I had in my life and now I'm moving on. It's just something that doesn't have to be there anymore. And this mental, like, stress, this mental shame that I just would put down on myself, no one was doing that to me. I was doing that to myself. And it's good to remember that you don't have to be your worst enemy. That's mental health. That's the maintenance of mental health and physical health. It's so funny because when we maintain physical health, there is physical evidence. And people are like clapping and being like, ooh, you look good. Mental health is not that easy to spot. You know, someone might look happy, someone might look good. But they might be honestly struggling with something. And vice versa. You know, someone might not look so good, but maybe they're okay. Maybe they're okay in their life. Maybe they're okay with their lifestyle. And I just, I'm just really, today I'm just feeling really, really hopeful. And I just feel so blessed. I just feel so honored to be so far and taking part in this program that really moved my brain. It really moved my whole mindset. Like, I feel confident. I feel ready. I re- I feel ready for the next step. So, next week, 
I'll be starting a new series. And I hope you are as ready as I am because I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to live my life sober and I'm I'm ready to continue this journey. So let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it together. And for those who, you know, if maybe today is not a good day for you or maybe it's a little hard, remember to breathe. Take a few deep breaths. Sit back and try to find some time for yourself, whether it's only like a few minutes or maybe like a good chunk of time. But just realize that you're worth it. You can do it. And you're not alone in recovery. You're not alone in your struggles. I was actually telling a friend this recently. That as human beings, sometimes we think our struggle is so specific. You know? Sometimes we think our struggle is so personal. And it is. You know, my, my struggle is personal. You know, in, but it's not unique. You know, there's people that have had child abuse like situations happen to them. There has been people that have had homelessness. People that have experienced um, troubles with a substance. It's such a relief, honestly, as a human being to realize that these struggles are not because of you. These struggles have, they obviously they affect us in ways that sometimes are not great. You know, we become too cautious or um, not willing to be vulnerable or, you know, avoid treatment, you know, because of shame or, you know, um, not trusting others, stuff like that. Like, there's definitely consequences, but our life... <laughs> doesn't happen because we are the horrible people that life just wants to fuck over. That's not how life works. Life happens and we push through it. And we deserve to be happy. We deserve love. We deserve a chance. We deserve to be sober. We deserve to be sober and happy. If you're not sober, you deserve to make your own choices. You deserve to make boundaries. And you deserve respect. So I hope that everyone does something nice for themselves today. Do something nice for yourself, guys. Because you deserve it. And safest, safest, safest of travels.